Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. WTF, how are you? Is everything okay? Is is it okay out there? Is it how's the water? How's is the water nice? What's happening? I got Woody Harrelson on the show today. Yeah, he came over and uh we hung out. He asked for some um his people had uh, had us go out and get some vegan snacks, but uh, he didn't eat them. So, you know what happened is uh, my buddy Frank who works for me, he uh he picked up some chocolate-covered coconut cookie snacks, and I threw them in the freezer. And you know where they ended up? In my fucking mouth. I can't have that shit in the house. I'm not going to complain. You know, it's healthy, but Jesus Christ, Woody, why didn't you eat it? So, yeah, Woody's on the show today. He's got uh, that Zombieland Double Tap is opening in theaters tomorrow, Friday, October 18th. By the way, no nicotine for how long has it been? Does any, is anyone keeping track? Could somebody please tell me how long I've been off nicotine? It feels like a while. It was several pounds ago. I feel like it was like, I, when, when did I get off it? August 26th. How long is that? I'm looking at my phone, sorry. Seven and a half weeks off nicotine. And uh, I feel okay. Goddamn hungry all the time, but you know, we've covered that. I'm all right. Nicotine free, almost two months. That's fucking nuts. Can I stay with it? By the way, yeah, I'll be in Nashville today and tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's the show. I'll be out in the streets doing something if I'm not too tired, depending on how the travel day goes. Looking forward to hanging out in Nashville for a day. Uh, the show uh, is, I hope it's going to be great. And Atlanta, too. I got to spend a day in Atlanta, too, which I don't mind. I got a buddy there. Looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to dumping this material, too. I got the special taping on the 30th. I got the Masonic in San Francisco on the 26th, and I'm going to have those posters. I'm going to have a... If you're from San Francisco, bring cash. I don't know if my square thing works. I got to... Man, that's another thing I got to look into. I haven't sold posters in a long time, but I guess I'm going to sit there, do a meet and greet, and sell. I got 100 or so, about 100 of these hand-printed posters, and I'm going to move them. If you like them, they're kind of twisted, kind of cool. But uh, so, yeah, so I'll see you guys at one of those dates. I just got done with the litter box project um, once a week now here at the house. 
I have a litter box project. I have three large litter boxes, two old cats with uh, kidneys weakening. So the turnover is pretty fast. But I've been using the pine, just those pine pellets, the pine litter, straight up compressed pine pellets, because I've decided that's healthier. I've decided that if you change your litter every week and you use the pine with no scent, that it's natural, it's better for them on all levels, better for the fucking floor, but that means every week I got to dump three massive fucking litter boxes and do a litter box project. But that wasn't the only cat-related issue today. I had monkey on that fucking medicine for the uh, hyperthyroid, and I didn't realize because I'm an idiot and I don't listen and I don't quite take in stuff, that uh, that's sort of a lifetime thing if it works. And you kind of fuck with the dosage to keep them level because basically the hyperthyroid trip is that there's some sort of benign tumor in there that's causing more thyroid to be created, and you take the pills, and it takes down the thyroid production. But uh, I don't know, you guys. I drove Monkey over there, fucking 15 years old, 15 and a half years old. I'm going to get him the radioactive iodine. I'm going to go fucking do it when I get back from the tour. I'm going to go down to the west side. One guy does it. He's legit. He's on the level. I'm going to radiate my fucking cat and get rid of that goddamn thing for good. I don't know how much time he's got left, but fuck it. It's not a money thing, so what am I waiting for? If the prognosis is good, I'll go get him uh, zapped or radiated or whatever they do and put an end to this and no pills, and maybe I'll get a couple more good years out of him and I'll put on some fucking weight. So that took up the morning. It's very traumatic. And then sitting over there with all the other sick animals, man, and I'm talking about the people. Pow! Wow, man, everything's becoming sort of hazy, kind of a blur. I don't even know what I've been doing for the last few days. I don't know if my, I don't, I, you know, I, I get home and I regroup, how to deal with the cat. I've been watching some TV. I've been watching uh, Succession. That finale of Succession was very satisfying. I don't know why, I, I, th- that show, I, I got to talk to some of those people. They're really fucking blowing my mind. And this isn't, it's not even a paid ad. This isn't an ad. This is just me engaging. I watched the fucking finale of Succession twice. It's just there's something about the language and the emotional kind of uh, horror show that it is. It's a very specific tone of language that they're using. I'm not sure what it is. I get It's some sort of take on Shakespeare or something. I don't know what's going on, but uh, I do enjoy it. And the Culkin kid's doing good. And the guy who plays Kendall, everyone's so fucking good in that show. I like uh, watching satisfying shows. I've been watching more TV lately. I've been letting myself watch TV. I've been playing some guitar. Uh, I've been eating, cooking, uh, just trying to take care of myself. I thought I was coming down with something. I don't know if I'm coming down with something. Whatever it is, I hope it don't come down on me until after, after the special taping. Moving towards the special taping. Everybody all right? Oh, so when I talk to Woody... I guess I should bring this up because, like, you know, I know it's out there and people know about his dad who was a convicted murderer and, you know, Woody had somewhat of a relationship with him. But I didn't know if I was going to get into it and, you know, what he would say about it or how comfortable he was about it. But I did sort of ask him about it without telling you what was up. His dad was in prison for murder and uh, and I didn't I didn't get much backstory, but I did bring it up. I just wanted to let you know. You know, that was what that's the backstory on it, because I guess I was nervous about bringing it up and I didn't sort of set it up properly and we didn't stay on it very long. It caused sort of a tense moment. 
But that was what was going on with that. But aside from that, I think we had a nice chat. And uh, Zombieland Double Tap. It opens uh, tomorrow, Friday, October 18th. This is me talking to Woody. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grade or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you you get your podcasts. What, you live in Hawaii. Yeah. That must be uh, fucking great. Oh, it's so <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> I love it. I The people are extraordinary. And of course, it's, well, it's the most beautiful place I've ever lived. Which island is it? Maui. And you've been there a while? Yeah, since uh, 98. Because I, I go down there to, um, I've only been to Kauai. And I, I've been there like three or four times with three different women at different points in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you can mark them all. I can't, this. I can't buy that. Well, that was when it was good and then it got bad. I remember that trip was right before it got bad. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so pretty there, but there doesn't seem to be a lot to, like, you but, can't really live there. But while you were there, yeah. were you having a loving, romantic time, or did oh, things yeah. start to just... Uh... Well, no, the trips were okay. I, the, the last trip I was I went on was literally, it was literally like the month that uh, we planned it in January, and it was the month that Trump took office, so I was, you know, panicking for 11 days. Uh, right. in, in Kauai, I was I was it was up against the beautiful backdrop of Kauai. I was like, "What is what's he do? What is this fascist theater? What's with the signing stuff? What's Bannon gonna do? When are, are Jews safe?" <laughs> that's, that's always it always comes down to that question for me. So that ruined it that, that time. That's yeah, I could see how that would put a damper. And what do you do? Like, like okay, so you shot this. I don't even know when you shot to Zombie Land Double Tap, or but you seem to always be working. So what do you, you <laughs> just? What do you take like three months and just hang out? Yeah, in, well, in Hawaii. Uh, how does it work? Oh, you mean the way we the way we did that? The way you live your life, though. Like you, you know, it just it seems like you're away. Do you have a place here too? Uh, yeah, I have a place yeah. here, but I, I'm not here very much. I'm mostly in, uh, you know, uh, well, I'm mostly working or, yeah. or back home. Right. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I pass through here on the way. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, like that one I went, I think it was a couple, two and a half months in uh, Atlanta. Bad. Yeah. You know, a lot of, lot of stuff filming in Atlanta. Yeah, and then just go do it, knock it out, go back home, just hang knock, out. knock it right out. Nothing to it. Then uh, do yeah. the zombie jokes and uh, go home. <laughs> Wear the hat. I'm done. 
That's it. Uh, no, but this one, pretty special just because, you know, this movie, probably more than any movie I've done, yeah. has, I mean, a very uh, uh, vibrant, shall we say, uh, passionate fan base. Like they yeah. really have yeah. a thing about this uh, this yeah. film, the first right. the first one, and uh, so there there was for because the first one was a success. Uh, you know, they wanted to do another one, and for years they kept trying with yeah. different scripts, right. and different uh, iterations of it, and it just never was never right. Right, and so finally they were. They were getting m- mad at me because I was, I was the one just saying, uh, "Yeah, this is a page one rewrite." <laughs> you know, they they weren't. So they said, "How do you determine well, that?" You know, what is it? it you well, it just yeah. you, how yeah. do you determine? You just read it and you can tell. <laughs> but I, uh, I was just like, "You got to get the original guys back." Rhett and Paul, who've yeah. gone off and written Deadpool one oh, and two, and right now. Uh, to get the humor element much balanced. more, and, well, they just understood these characters. Yeah. So, so those were the guys who really cracked it and made it, and and there was still plenty of work after their first script, and they did a ton of work on it, and and uh, and it's just also a very cool collaborative thing when you get on set uh, with uh, Ruben, who's our director, our fearless leader. Yeah. And. Uh, it's a great experience. So it's fun. Super fun, people. Yeah. And we're making each other laugh. We're trying shit all the time. Sometimes you can't even get through a take because you're laughing so hard at the yeah. other. You know, the right, other, sure, yeah. Something someone else well, it's funny, doing. though. Like, you have this. Now, so people know you. There's a whole generation of people that know you from these movies. Like that, you're right. that's you're you're Woody from those movies to them. That's all. That's yeah. the depth of their experience with you, probably in one way or another. Well, maybe. Yeah, and it's just weird because like you somehow because there was like probably a good decade or two where you were Woody from Cheers. Like you know, there was yeah. a whole generation of people. That's how that's how no, they identified. I had you. done other things too, Mark. No, I know that. Okay, I do. I just. <laughs> But you're right. I mean, uh, cheers, I'm, of course. Wait, being I'm making the most... a point. I'm making the point is you transcended, you know, fairly quickly the sort of trap of only being TV famous. Well, it might have seemed quickly to you, Mark, but I cannot tell you it was six years I couldn't get arrested on in any other capacity other than cheers. So I was worried that I was, you know, a good part, but I thought maybe I'll always just be, be that guy. Woody. From Cheers, it happens. And, which not so bad, but yeah, I was thinking I could do more. Yeah, well, I, I mean, thought maybe more. Yeah, sure. Well, that, <laughs> I mean, the, the the problem is, is like you're Woody from Cheers. You know, years after Cheers is over, that's the big fear. It's like you know, you got the good gig for six years, but the big fear is like ten years after. Like there he is. What have you been doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I still get that sometimes. Someone will be like, uh, man, wh- why haven't you done anything lately? I said, well, I've done a lot, so I'm doing my part. you got to do your part and watch it. Step but, up. Uh, but, uh, no, uh, I will say that uh, toward the toward as Cheers was coming to an end, yeah. so I was on an eight season, so that was the 11th season. But right in that wow. window, the 10th or 11th season, uh, one of the execs from uh, Paramount took me to lunch and said, we've got an idea. Yeah. You'll take over the bar because right. Teddy's leaving. Right. And you'll take over. And you, I said, 
<laughs> this this is at the very beginning of the meal. Right. I said to him, there's no show without Ted dancing, I promise you. <laughs> and uh, and then we had to sit through the rest of the meal where I've already kind of said no to this offer. Uh, but it wasn't like a Frasier thing. You know, right, that, right. That's a different thing. Right, like, right. That's a whole different world. But to right. be they wanted in that you, bar and be... Without Ted? No, Woody's bar? No, right. That wouldn't have been. They were asking you to sort of like, yeah, you, this might kill the show. We just want you to be there when it dies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah. And so you you just said no. Yeah, absolutely not. That, <laughs> well, that was the best thing you ever did, right? Who knows? Who knows? It probably, awkward lunch that after That could have been a different... Yeah, it was awkward. <laughs> it's a, are you getting a dessert? No. No. Uh, do you still want to eat? <laughs> but where'd you... Uh, I grew up in New Mexico. You, you're Southwest guy. Or you're a Texas guy, right? Yeah. 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 The, the whole childhood, Texas. Yeah, yeah, well, until I was 12, then we moved to Ohio. But I, I was, in fact, I'm thinking lately about moving back to Texas. Yeah? Yeah. Nostalgia or to help? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I don't know. I love it there. I, I love the great people. You know, there's some people there you don't want to talk politics with. No. But... uh Oh, no, generally I, incredible i mean you've yeah I'm i sure think that's true time there. yeah wonderful I, I always find that yeah you know, i was surprised i was just there i did houston dallas austin did shows and yeah i mean you know there's uh, there's political problems everywhere and there's people with certain points of view but you know but you know texans are their own thing and you know they're they're they are good people and the, and the state i really think they live in their own country and i think that gives them a sort of disposition that, well that is true i think a lot of texans look at it as a separate country too uh, yeah, I, on both sides. Yeah. They're, they're, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, it's big. You know what yeah. I mean. So it's like, what? Yeah. what how do you? Get, how often can you get out? You, you know what I mean. Where do you live there? Where did you live though when you grew up? Well, I grew up in uh, Houston. Oh yeah. Uh, I was born in Midland, but grew up in Houston. Yeah. So you. So you really like? Do you come from cowboys? No, we were more in a suburb oh, yeah. of uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. still nothing. city, yeah. but uh, but but yeah. maybe wore boots. No boots. <laughs> no boots. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, they call them kickers, I guess. Yeah. Is that what they... But what's, uh, what do you think's driving you back there? Just because you, you... I mean, you live in Hawaii, man. I mean, that's sort of a, a weird kind of like, you know, but this nice, well, but Texas... You I, know. I love Hawaii, too. I, I love Austin. I just love... Oh, okay. I love that city. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll still come hang out in Hawaii, too, but... Yeah, you've got a good life, just, man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. I I still am shocked. And do you have Do you have brothers and sisters? I have two brothers. Older, uh, older and younger. I'm in the middle. They still around? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. get along? Oh, we get along great. In fact, we all went. My younger brother is uh, 56. His name's Brett. Yeah. And Brett decided to get back into go karting after at fifty six. At fifty six, and uh, you know that is one rigorous sport. Uh, yeah, it's you're talking about the little motorized cars, right? Yeah, but okay. I mean they can go up to one hundred and fifty miles an hour. There's no roll cage, nothing. If you right. wipe out, it's a disaster. You know they're real low to the yeah. ground. Yeah, you, you've seen them, sure. And uh, and and so he's gotten back in. Now he's the national champion, forty six and over, forty five and over. Uh, he's he's a real. He's just an athlete, overall athlete. Yeah. Just an amazing guy. My older brother uh, lives, seems, lives in Texas. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It, he wants to move to Austin, too. Right now, he's living up there in uh, 
middle and Odessa area. I don't know that area at all. Yeah, me neither. Is it? Yeah, so you. I haven't seen it since I was three. Oh, see, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's the weird thing about Texas. If you drive through it, you're sort of like, I guess this used to be a town. <laughs> you, know, you just have these moments where yeah. like, there's just miles of like, what the fuck are these people doing out here? Yeah, it's it is kind of rough. Huge, yeah, endless. So Ohio. So when yeah. did you start? Where did you, when did you start getting interested in doing the uh, acting? Was that a college thing? Or? Uh, no, I was in high school and uh, I was in the library and it was right around Christmas break. Yeah. So there was kind of a festive vibe anyway. In right. There. But you know it was packed mm. and uh, some of my buddies from the football team said, "Woody, do your Elvis." Yeah. And I said, I can't, I can't do my Elvis and hit There's too many people. And they're, uh -huh. Oh, come on, just do it. You could do it quiet. I said, yeah. I can't do it quiet. Well, anyway, they're like, just do it, you know. And I'm like, well, you know. Well, bless my soul, what's wrong with me? I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. My friends say I'm acting wild as a bum in love. I'm all shook up, mm -hmm. right? Start yeah. singing it, kind of. You still got it, kind of light. Oh, thank you. Uh, light at first, you yeah. know, and then singing louder, yeah, and, yeah. and and then people start clapping and gathering around in a circle around me. Yeah, and it was incredible. Like that, suddenly the whole library, by the time I got through with the song, was gathered around, all clapping along. Yeah, I jump up on the table at, and started dancing, which I don't dance. Yeah. to this day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but I did it, and uh, the heartbeat so it scares me to death. You know, finish yeah. the finish the thing, and they all clap, and this gal comes up, Robin Rogers, and she was. Uh, this lovely gal in the yeah. school who dated the best athlete and had never talked to me before. But anyway, she said, Woody, uh, you know, I'm vice president of the drama club, and I think you ought to come try out for theater. And I said, well, I absolutely will do that, Robin, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, I mean, you know, really it was in my pursuit of Robin that I became <laughs> yeah. an actor. And then yeah. later she and I did date up until uh, – Sometime during my freshman year in college, she came and visited me, and I still had like two papers to write, and she got really mad at me. And that was it. I haven't seen her since then. Hmm. But Cho chose schoolwork over Robin. I didn't. I just. I maybe it was uh, having procrastinated that schoolwork. That yeah, that, yeah, that'll do it. So, uh, so that was it. That was the beginning of it. And but you didn't do it in college, or you did? I did. You did uh, act. Then I then I went to Hanover College in Hanover, Indiana, and I uh, there was a uh, the guy who ran the theater there named Doc Evans was an incredible uh, you know director yeah. of, of theater and really knowledgeable about theater, and I learned a lot from him. And I did during college, I did almost maybe twenty six plays during college. Really. Yeah, including like some semesters, I do like two one acts. Right. Know, so yeah. 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 So you were in it more than yeah. What I kind of college really, was that? What's Hanover? Is that a good? Was that a smaller it, well, liberal arts time, school? Well, at the time, liberal arts, but yeah. at the time, it was Presbyterian. Yeah. I, I was there on a Presbyterian scholarship. And what? How? How do they judge religious scholarships? <laughs> like, how uh, much do you believe? Uh. Well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. At the time, I was quite religious, and I. Uh, I. 
you know, was involved in the church and in, t- we, in we had Ohio Bible Bible studies at my house. And I mean, really? I was uh, I was one of the you know. You ran the Bible studies. Well, no, the uh, assistant re- uh, minister oh. would run them, but he we'd do it at my house. So you were really and, uh, in it, huh? Because I, yeah. like, I think about that stuff a lot now as I get older. Not that, like, I wasn't brought up with any God, and you know, the, the wheels would really have to come off for me to find one at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you, it would have to be a dire yeah, situation. Yeah, really, well, I'm, the, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, wouldn't call myself Christian anymore. I would, I don't know. It, I guess philosophically closer to buddhism but right. but i kind of like the hindu gods i'm i'm you know what i am i'm a mixture of sure i'm a hindu farian yeah i right? get it yeah. Yeah, I'm a, yeah i get a lot more yeah uh holidays do, but do you feel <laughs> every day is a holiday <laughs> in hawaii but uh do you find that like there was there a point where you know you believed hard and then it started to drift I mean, like, do you, and, but you still feel like you have that need? Like, I'm not sure I have that need. Some people are like, you know, I really want to find God. I'm like, yeah, it sounds, seems like a lot of work. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I, you know what? I, I don't look at it that way, but I do. I feel like, uh, I, I know that meditation yeah. is probably the most important thing you can do to uh, achieve oneness with God and I'm not saying that I'm meditating regularly I haven't achieved any kind of oneness <laughs> yeah but you you, you, uh, you you've heard it's but, a good uh, yeah I mean yeah I think the in fact I stopped believing in God I, I went from agnostic to just I don't be, I, I I don't know what I was yeah. I just couldn't when did that happen uh, that was well, well the thing that led to it was I Took a lot of theology classes in at college. Hanover, yeah, yeah, because I was actually, uh, you know, the, there were people trying to get me to become a minister, oh, and really? I was considering it. I Who were those people? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, the someone from my church. Oh, you know, the, they knew you had charisma. The minister. They from, knew you could hold the audience. Uh, They're like, we need well, this I did, guy. I did a a uh, a sermon when I was seventeen. And then I did another one when I was at uh, Hanover College. And in fact, this is kind of bizarre, but Mike Pence was two years older at the same school at, at Hanover. And he uh, he was the guy who kind of, uh, you know, yeah. led me through it. Oh, really? Uh, he yeah. mentored you through your sermon? Mentored me through it, Mike yes. Pence did. The Mike Pence. The frightening bright vice president. <laughs> yes. Was he frightening then? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, Just a guy? You know, I, I, we weren't buddies or anything, right. but uh, you know he was very religious. Yeah. And, uh, that, oh, he was. So that and he was the guy who kind of headed that. It was kind of I don't know, like for students. Oh, huh. Wanting to right, do right. religious things. Right, the really Christian club. Very Christian, folks right? There. Yeah. And uh, but then you know the more I studied theology, the more I realized how man-made the Bible was. You know, sure. And it was it, it became very obvious uh and especially if you compare like the like matthew mark luke john you you find that um you know like the last one that was written was john which was maybe 80 years after the death of christ yeah i think luke maybe was like 20 years i don't remember this has been a long time since i studied this stuff but uh but you find out that probably Luke is the one with the most relevance toward the other uh, validity with if you compare it to yeah. the other chapters. Right. 
And then John is a little more, I, I am the way, the right. truth, and the light. Now, I, I, I stopped believing for a long time ago that Jesus was the son of God. Yeah. I, I, think, I thought he was just an extremely evolved uh, you know, person. I, right. I believe he, sure. I, I think he lived, yeah. and I, I think he had tremendous influence, obviously, but uh, I didn't think... I didn't think him saying I'm the son of the God. He, he I think he meant we're all children of sure, God. Sure, sure. And we all, and he said, uh, you know, like the miracles I do, you can do also. So right. I, I always felt like uh, it, there was something not quite right about declaring him <laughs> yeah, God. Right. And you had a problem with these guys who were like, hey, I wonder if I can still make a little something off this Jesus story. I know he's been dead a while, <laughs> but I knew a guy that knew him and. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you get, so that's what sort of tipped you to the fact that this was a male, a, 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 a construction of humans. Is that those books were written so long after he died, there had to be a little bit of hucksterism involved. Well, also there was mm-hmm. a lot of influence by the what the the Nicene Council of the early church, you yeah, know, where they right, would sure. they they uh, they'd say, for example, it was the way it was originally written. There was one angel outside the tomb when Jesus rose. Yeah. But in Jewish law at the time, it ha- you had to have two witnesses for a thing to be a valid legal, you know, <laughs> occurrence, so they change it to two. You know, these are Even if they're angels. These, they, they, yeah, they, even if they're angels. But it's got to be two. But I'm saying the the when they're discussing this stuff in yeah. the Nicene, they're 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 slightly manipulating things to make it a little more kosher, you know. Sure, of course, right, so right, right. So that, when I started to understand, oh, it's not exactly every literal word that came from the mouth of God in are, 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 John when you, or Mark. When you realized it you wasn't know, journalism, that, that Bible right. was <laughs> it, it, it wasn't God journalism. Yeah, right. It, right. It was more, you know. Anyway, people constructing this story. All right. So you, so you, but you never lost the desire to have faith in something. Yeah, you just that's true. moved it around. Well, I did because at the time that all this transpired toward the end of my college yeah. career, and as I moved to New York City, it was more convenient to, for the, my religion to be hedonism. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how things work out. Yeah, the, the, the ease that the, you just eased into another sort of uh, you know, more exciting belief system. Tried to make up for lost time. Could you imagine that though, Woody? If you'd like just been closer to Pence. You know, and and you know, gone that way wh- where you'd be now. Oh, like gone into politics or, or something? B- politics, or just more Jesus? Or, or oh, yeah, yeah got, I mean, gone like, to uh, yeah, become a yeah minister. It, I'd probably have be a minister of a wonderful flock in uh, sure in Hawaii, or wherever, <laughs> and you would have uh, somehow oh, worked Hawaii, great. worked weed into it somehow. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the Rastafari. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a weird hybrid of Presbyterian Rastafarian. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be good and vegan. Everybody be so you're just yeah. gonna reinvent a hippie commune well, and be a cult leader. It's not a bad idea. You, you know, can do it. Do it. Just have my own church. Yeah, and, just uh, why don't you just pull in the uh, the Zombieland fans? Yeah, <laughs> if you could mix the zombie Zombies and the herb, and yeah, I mean, I tell you, it all makes sense. Yeah, it's going. So you go to New York from Indiana to pursue acting. Well, we went down to Houston to work construction for me and my buddy Clint. So the reason Clint. I ended up going to New York because my b- best buddy in yeah. college, Clint Allen, he auditioned for Juilliard, and he told me before he auditioned, if I get it, will you, you know, yeah, will you come to New York? 
be my roommate. Yeah. And then uh, we had another roommate, Rob, and uh, so the three of us ended up living on 51st Street there uh, between uh He got into Juilliard, Street. that he guy. Got in, he got into Did Juilliard. Did he make it through? Because I had a slow plant. Yeah, no, he went two years, and then he did a Broadway play for like a year and a half, so he kind of exited. Is he still in but, the game? It, no, now he lives in Minnesota, and he got completely out of the game to go and raise his kids because yeah. uh, his wife at the time was from Minnesota. And I got to say, uh, I look at his life kind of admiringly, you know? Oh, dude, when you like, see people that get out of the- It's pretty great, his life. When you, know? Know, when you see people get out of uh, this fucking delusionary business with some grace, it's it's like, it, there was a time where I think when you're younger, you're like, nah, I couldn't hack it, but now you're like, it must be great <laughs> you got out <laughs> <laughs> you live a normal life. Look at you. I, I know. I, I, <laughs> and, you know, but, I mean, I have, I love my life. No, of course. I, I, I know what you're it. saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I also look at his and I say, well, geez, it's at least equally great. Of course. You know, like I might yeah. get to meet lots of people that people would want to meet. Sure. But in terms of just a day-to-day great life with friends. Yeah. That's pretty groovy. Yeah, because a lot of times you know, we get to meet all these people, but you know, it doesn't mean you nece- we're necessarily hanging out all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, we meet group right. people, but you're like, okay, that was good. I met that guy, and now I'm going to go back home. I mean, there's a lot of people going to be very envious I got to meet you. Oh, so. I, I, I think that goes both ways. That's very nice <laughs> of you to say. It's true, man. You're great, dude. I love what you do, and I love your passion and your conviction and the things you care about and uh, oh. the way you just speak your mind. It's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful, little... dude. Thank you, man. It, it, you know, it's a weird thing to, uh, to, to feel compelled to do that. You know, to ha- There was a, a moment, where, you know, especially now, where you're sort of like, we kind of have to. We kind of have, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but if we don't do it, you want to be one of those people, at least like you spoke up for fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, you definitely do. You always have. It's like that thing where Papillon says, uh, 30 years from now, when your grandson's on your knee and he asks you, what did you do in the great World War II, you won't have to say, well, I shoveled shit in Louisiana. So <laughs> that was from it, and it's him, or yeah, Pat, and it's yeah, him yeah. giving a speech to these uh, George C. Scott, a bunch, yeah, George C. Scott, yeah. and and but the point is, we don't want to have to say, you know, when there's not a tree left and there's no such thing as snow and and yeah. it's just fucking blazing hot at yeah. all times, and, yeah, and we're just dying yeah. off, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, Wait, we don't want to say we didn't do anything. Right, at the very least, right? You want to be like we tried. You know, we we did what we could. <laughs> well, it's like this girl here, Greta. Yeah. You know, like I honestly, I'm pointing to my shirt. I have her picture on my shirt. Like I, I feel like Greta Thunberg is probably. I used to say to myself, who's going to save us? Who's yeah. going to come and be the modern Martin Luther King and going to really just change things? Yeah. And it turns out to be a 16-year-old girl with Asperger's from Sweden. Yeah. You know, like yeah. this this girl is really making a difference. So, uh, you know, I like to think we it won't be, we, we aren't all just lemon, lemmings, you know, yeah. heading toward the sea to yeah. jump off the cliff, but yeah. it, it feels that way. Yeah. But I, f- I think maybe we'll make a, hopefully, hopefully. a gradual U-turn. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, I do hope so. Uh, you, you know, there, there, it's weird that what I struggle with, not even on my, in my stage show right now, is that, 
is that in order to make the U-turn, or, or at least in order to to sort of have a sensibility, a, a, a logical response to it, is we have to accept where we're at now in a way, like and see it at the very least, you know, instead of like you know, just sort of like just entertaining ourselves or being distracted and being like, you know, trying to put it, it's real. What is happening is real. Yeah. So that's the hardest thing I think for most people is to sort of prioritize as opposed to just sort of like, I don't know, is that, is that important? I can't think about that right now. I have to go to yoga. You, you know, like <laughs> the world is ending. Yeah, but yoga's good. Yeah, okay. They can coexist, but we have to do something about the other thing. Well, but I totally get that as well because uh, how many times I've just been like so over my my mind is so overstimulated yeah. and so freaked out yeah. by everything that's going on. I'm yeah. like, I just gotta smoke of a course, fatty, of course, and just yeah. forget about this. Yeah, for no, me. I get that. I so get that. I get that attitude, but I. But, you know, I look at, like, you know, this girl Greta yeah. spent, like, a year, I heard, just, like, so overwhelmed. Once she knew the information, it, it's like we all got to get kind of yeah. sick with the information before we can, yeah. you know. Or something really catastrophic the, has to happen. That's always my fear. Well, that It's already happening. Be, uh, yeah. Yeah. But you it's know, too slow. I, I, <laughs> I uh, watched this documentary last night, oh. which I, I actually narrated. But it's uh, which one? It's extraordinary. It's called "Kiss the Ground." Yeah, and Josh and Rebecca Tickle uh, directed it. Mm. But it is uh, it talks about the relationship of the soil to uh, global warming because uh, this the soil yeah. it, the fact that there's so much desertification yeah. in our world, like a third of the world. Yeah is we've turned it to desert, just these incredible uh, practices of the way we till the soil and all of the pesticides and everything. Mm -hmm. It's just so destructive to where we denature the soil and we kill all the microbes and things like that. This this documentary is fucking great. I I, I didn't know. know, I I just did the... But I I went and saw it last night. That's how you learned? It's extraordinary. I I learned a lot. By narrating that documentary, you (laughs) learned. (laughs) That was my education, but watching it was my education. It's amazing. It's devastating though, right? It's devastating, but there there is a way out you know but yeah. we but the farming practices have got to radically shift right and if they don't shift then we're going to make you know two-thirds of this earth into desert yeah and it's not that far away so yeah uh, see, that's a, that's the that's the tagline that keeps people from watching things right <laughs> they don't want to get it's so funny out. like is it, whenever you hear that like i watched a documentary last night it, there's a 98 percent chance that the rest of that is going to be a kind of a bummer <laughs> that, well, whatever no, being said, I mean, honestly, even when I told you I'd watch a documentary, I saw your lids just get a little heavy. Oh God! Damn, no, yeah, just, well, I watch documentaries, but some of them are just sort of like there's a certain ilk of documentary where it's like I know I need to know that, but man, I'm a little sad already. You yeah, know? yeah, that. No, luckily this one doesn't really. A little hope, make there's a little dash sad. of hope. Yeah, there's there's a dash of hope, and it's gonna change. It's it's gotta change. I'm with you. I yeah. I, 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 I I'm it, optimistic right now. With you, I'm optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. So let's go through some of this stuff because I want to know about like. Uh, so you're in New York. You did you you did theater in in high school, but did you train more? Yeah. Well, I so I did theater all through college, and uh, I and I also took acting classes. It was really. 
doing those plays that I think really helped me to where yeah. when I did get an opportunity in New York, yeah. which, you know, so I was in New York uh, 14 months before I got a job, which doesn't seem like long and yeah. it isn't long in the scheme of things, but I got to say, I was at my wit's end. I mean, I was pretty much done. I couldn't keep a job. I had uh, like, I don't know, 17 jobs in a year. Really? I, we, we just like mostly around restaurants. Yeah, Runner, sure. yeah. uh, busboy, sometimes waiter. Well, do you, well, could you couldn't keep one because you were angry or because you you just was like no, fuck I this just or? I just wasn't good at this stuff. It just <laughs> wasn't my cup of tea. They'd come over to me and they'd say someone threw up over on uh, table four. Uh, go clean that up. I'd be like, you go clean that up. I don't want to clean that up. Yeah, and I'd get fired. There's and a, a limit he, to what you would do. Yeah, there was a lot of. Uh, you know, eventually I decided I had a fight, a bad fight, and uh, fist fight. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I you know I had a lot of fights, especially in New York, because someone just looks at you weird. I had that one time where I was just walking down the street. One guy looks at me strange. I look at him, you know, like yeah. why is he looking at me like that? The next thing you know, we're fighting. Yeah, and I mean, literally, not even no words. Huh. <laughs> just <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Uh, and so, but that was at a time when I was more uh, truculent, I guess you'd say. But, uh, but I, but a lot I of did, fist fights. I had, I've had, I don't know, hundred in my life. Really? Probably. Yeah. And you're just uh, prone to it? No, I. There was a time where I did used to enjoy it. I oh. used to enjoy fighting. Just sort of like know you, know, you got a problem. Were you that guy? Uh, when I was, I was the guy who would, and when I'd see someone bullying someone else, yeah, I'd go after that guy. Oh yeah, you know, like I don't You're know like why. You're like a superhero. I just, I just had it in. Oh uh, yeah, I think I had it in my mind that I was yeah. just some noble, but no, there was nothing noble about it, and it was terrible. Did and, you ever uh, get busted? What do you mean? Like put in jail for fighting? Uh. <laughs> No, not really. Okay. No. Well, I'm just talking about uh, close one night. Close. You know, that kind <laughs> there of were times where there was a lot of you know yeah. discussion with cops, but uh, and there are times where my friends went to jail. But, right, uh, you I, managed I, I to somehow managed. Yeah. To. But anyway, so I, the, I, it's the acting. That's where the acting comes in handy when you're talking <laughs> yes. to cops. That's when you realize. <laughs> but uh, so I was so I'd given up and I had this bad fight and in the fight i lost my check my check was 137 dollars. that's how much i made in a week yeah and i was at the time i was a short order cook this place called pershing's in the upper west side yeah on columbus avenue yeah. in the low 70s and uh, i like that job and i would just yeah i just throw on a burger yeah. eggs you know yes yeah. nothing hard right and then uh uh, but anyway, so I lost this job. I, then I lost that money, and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going home. I give up. I can't do it anymore. And then, and I had managed to, to luckily get this great agent. And uh, so she said, Marsha Bonin. And yeah. she said, well, let me send you on one more audition. And I said, okay, you know, and it's for. Uh, Neil Simon play Biloxi Blues, but it's for the understudy. The parts are all cast. Yeah, and I said, okay, I know, but I'm leaving. I got my. I already had my date set to go back to Texas. To go back, no, or Ohio to Ohio. Yeah, to uh, Lebanon, Ohio. Anyway, so I got the 
ticket and everything. And uh, I went on the audition and, uh, you know, then I got a call to come back for for a callback, which I went to the callback. And I was leaving two days hence. Yeah. And I go to the callback. So the lucky thing was the audition before Neil Simon just happened to be sitting back in the back of the theater, unbeknownst to me. So that's how I got into the callback. And then in the callback, boom, they hired me. And I mean, I was elated. I, I didn't need to be the guy on stage. I was happy to be the understudy. Yeah. And uh, so luckily been working since then. That kept you in the game? That, that, that ke- I stayed. Well, actually, uh, I stayed in New York. And then uh, we went to L.A. to uh, at the Almondson. So that won the Tony 1984. Five. Yeah, and did you ever get right. to go on? And I so six months into it, I ended up getting a uh, hiatus, basically, to go do this movie. Yeah. So I didn't go on during that six months, uh, but I went to do this Goldie Hawn movie called uh, uh, Oh shit, Wildcats. Wildcats. Yeah. That's it. Wildcats. <laughs> so uh, I was going to do. I hope Goldie's not listening to this. But then I, so I did Wildcats and I was going to go back and, and be on, you know, yeah. uh, get to be on Broadway because yeah. they fired the two guys I was understudying yeah. for horsing around yeah. on stage with Matthew Broderick, who they didn't fire. And uh, so uh, they, they were waiting for me to get back. And then it was like I run into this friend of mine, or he'd gone to my college, named Leo Jeter. Yeah. And Leo was. Uh, a uh, real good actor, and he said, hey, you know, they're auditioning for this uh, the show Cheers. Yeah. They, they got a part, and the part's named Woody. And he's from Indiana, which is where we'd gone to college. And he says, you ought to go try out for it. I said, ah, I don't really want to do, you know. TV. TV. Uh, uh, I'm purist <laughs> theater. <laughs> so, of course, then I watched it, and I, whoa, this is a quality show so i went in and uh and anyway i got that was lucky. it got real lucky on that too you loved working with all those people yeah and that you, because like the the thing about like loved working with them yeah i've interviewed ted he's a he's a great guy incredible guy really sweet guy yeah. fun guy you know so let me ask you just a question just from past news and then i want to talk about some of the movies because like you sort of evolved and like you're a great actor you're you know i always like Thank seeing you. you and uh you know I, I love some of the fucking movies that you, you you did and like there were certain really kind of uh like i just i watched that one what did i watched recently i watched the one with kevin costner and i you know you were great in that the true detective was great i mean you're always very you. good and that you, you you know how to do it and go deep and show up, and it's amazing. <laughs> Thanks, so, man. In, like, but in looking at some of the other stuff in your story, how did you like? Was because you sort of evolved into this, you know, environmentalist, and you do, you know, you're politically active, and you, you know, uh, uh, you're outspoken, and you take action. And you know, how did this all evolve? Like, how did like how did your father's situation play into it? Like, in terms of how you integrated that into your own life. Does that well, make sense? My father did the one thing he'd always uh, try to stress with me is keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. So I tried not to close my mind. I yeah. still pretty much keep it open. Yeah. So that was it. I think that was helpful. Yeah. But like, you know, his situation, was that hard to grow up with, obviously? Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, you 
It would be nice to be able to hug your father as opposed to talk to him on a telephone through yeah. know, glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he was in jail your whole life pretty much? From uh, when I was seven on. Yeah. He, uh, he was out for a little while my senior year in high school. Yeah. So I got to see him, he, but he was only out like a year and then went back yeah and yeah never came out again did you uh like do you, do you sort of I, I guess i'm just sort of because you play a lot of kind of like morally dubious roles oh yeah <laughs> you know that's what I mean? true and you know there there are just times where i wonder how much a personal life like assessing you you know sort of you know what you come from and and how because i mean your father was in jail for a real reason it wasn't you know he wasn't set up or anything right well I'd say there were some questionable uh, uh, things that the government did, mm -hmm. but uh, eh, you don't want to go against the government. You don't tend to win. Is that I, what I've I've yeah. had uh, several things where I'm, you know, going against the government, and you feel the pay a lot of money to lawyers, and you just do not ever win. Really, uh, uh, including with my dad, but. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, it was, uh, you know, it was just, my, you know, it's not something where you think, oh my God, woe is me, what right. a t terrible life, you know, I just, it was just a fact of my life, you know? Sure, yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I guess there's, like, I wonder, you know, when you're creating stuff, like, you know, you know how much, because like when I, my, like, my dad's got mental and emotional problems, and they're, they're some, somehow they're in me a little bit too, and when I have to do that kind of work, it's sort of right there. <laughs> you know, I, I can, <laughs> you know, I don't have to go too far to find it. I'm not happy about that, but but it's there. You know, yeah. yeah. So when you start doing real kind of like like these roles, that, especially like you know, natural born killers and shit, I mean, like, what do you got to tap to get to that place? Well, you know, that's interesting because this just happens to be the 25th anniversary of Natural Born Killers. And tonight at the Egyptian Theater, I'm going to watch it, which you're welcome to come. Oh, wow. If you want, I'll get you one or two tickets, whatever you want. Uh, and it'll be, we'll do a Q&A yeah. afterward with Oliver and Juliet. And, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's Don, wild. John Murphy. When was the last time you watched that thing? Uh, I haven't seen it since it came out, I think, 93. I haven't seen it since then. So that was when Cheers went off the air. Yeah. Was when... No, no, that, I'm totally wrong. That was when we shot it, right after Cheers went off the yeah. air. Then we start, I started on NBK. Yeah. Uh, what was coming out at that time was Indecent Proposal. That's right. right. So, so we finished that. So it probably came out the next year, like 94. Yeah. But, right, because 25 years. So... Um, uh yeah so i don't know i feel like um i studied all of the freaking psychos i studied them all yeah and uh i really eerily grotesquely got into their skin a little bit yeah and i didn't i didn't like it i didn't like the person i was I, yeah you know, I did. I remember being at a. This is back when you could smoke inside a sure. restaurant and stuff. And I remember grabbing someone's cigar and freaking putting it out in this restaurant in Paris. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my mindset was extremely uh, uh, volatile so, at that time. So, is in, in terms of the kind of work you do to get into into uh, demanding roles, do you do always do that much research? 
I mean, do you really sort of try to, you know? No, I mean, I, I would say I've been lazy sometimes. I, I, I like to think I'll never be lazy again because mm-hmm. uh, I hate myself for when I'm lazy and I don't do the kind of work. I, you, well, you know sure, how it sure. is. You yeah, want to yeah. well, deliver the best you can. But we're also getting old and it's nice to... <laughs> <laughs> nice to just skate. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. No, I, no, I, I honestly, uh, uh, you just search for sure. clues, I guess, right? So yeah, so you found yourself kind of in the mire, this sort of like uh, the mire of uh, the insanity, uh, uh, the psychopathic insanity. Yeah. How yeah. long did it take you to shake it? That took, man, that took a good, mm, yeah, close to a year, I would say. Yeah. Before yep. I felt, you know. I don't have that shadow in you. Well, I still got a little shadow. A little shadow. <laughs> yeah, it's always <laughs> you, it's always there. It's always going to be there. Now you just kind of keep it quiet, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. working with Oliver was that crazy? Um, it was wild, man. Oliver, you know, I'm going to see him tonight, so I got to be careful what I say. Who knows? He's probably got spies listening. <laughs> but uh, it. You know, he was actually great to work with. Yeah. I, I really feel like, I mean, it's pretty obvious he's, he's right. brilliant. Sure. But, but, you know, he'd do things like, uh, so we have this one scene that's outside of this pharmacy that's this wildly lit pharmacy. Yeah. And, and and there's this glass all the way in front of it. And so, the, you know, my character's supposed to, they, they've captured Mallory played by Juliet yeah. Lewis and so I'm kind of already pretty upset but I have to run along the other side of these windows and there's all these cop cars out front and they just are firing at me and so all of the windows you know get yeah, yeah. Uh, destroyed and uh you know so it was a major reset so uh and, you know, Oliver comes up, uh, this will take an hour and a half to reset. Don't fuck it up. Rolling! <laughs> I'm like, that's my pep talk. Come on. Well, uh, <laughs> so he was wild to work with. But he, you know, quite brilliant and really also very, you know, uh, he liked other people's ideas. If collaborative. They were good and, yeah. Yeah, very collaborative. And, and we tried all kinds of stuff and... You know, Downey, just so oh, yeah. great, the shit he would come up with. And uh, Juliet was doing things that I I just thought, you know, when I watched it later, I was like, absolutely amazing. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Just such great, uh, and it was great in, acting. And it always felt like it's right, the whole movie just always felt like right on the edge of chaos. Like, it was just... Yeah. Like, now, yeah. I think, wasn't even, didn't even use Rodney Dangerfield? Did he use Rodney Dangerfield? And wasn't there like a movie within the where wasn't there like a sitcom within yeah. the? Wasn't that Rodney? Was it yeah, Rodney? Yeah, he he tried all kinds of that wild was a trip, stuff. Man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so like it's almost like it becomes a sitcom. Yep, right. It's, and Rodney was Juliet's yeah, father. Uh, uh, father, and uh, it's like satire elements, you know? Like yeah, 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 yeah. satire. And that that section's pretty wild, pretty cool actually. Yeah, it shows back to when. Mallory and Mickey first met. Um, But, you know, all of it was a satire, and really it was kind of, 
pointing a finger at the media, saying the media creates these phenomenons, you know. Yeah, it, it, uh, that seems true, and, more true now than ever, yeah, really. And, and yeah, I mean, the, this this phenomenon of uh, our, our fear, I mean, our... Uh, president uh, is, is a really wild one man it is a wild phenomenon and and you know people think of him like you know someone just you know sometimes i play chess online but i don't know the person i'm playing they don't know me but they say i'm from america and you love asking, chess they're asking me yeah, yeah love you play no okay and uh and, i'm not deep enough man and uh, <laughs> it's it's not about depth. It's just about you know entertaining oneself. But you're good at it. Um, I'm pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Would you? You have uh, to learn the. It's sort of you learn patterns, right? You have to like. There's patterns. There's a series of moves. Uh, yeah, you can learn openings and things yeah. like that. But but the point I was going to make is yeah. that the guy was like, "Oh, so American? What do you think of Trump? He's yeah. an imbecile." Right. Well, so people have this. Uh, uh, a collective opinion, I'd say, abroad, right, oh, sure. about yeah. Trump as right. an imbecile, as, right. as, as well as a lot of people here. I won't say my opinion, yeah. but uh, I'll say I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say this. Trump. The reason you can't just discount him, in spite of obviously his endurance, yeah, is the fact that he's doing everything that the big money people want. You want more fracking? Here's more fracking. Yeah. You want to drill off the, yeah. you're there? You want to drill in Alaska? Yeah. Be, okay, absolutely. Yeah. Pharmaceuticals, yeah, let me help you. You know, he's helping all the big money people, and those are the people running the show. Right. So we think it's like, you know, first of all, we're the only country, the only democratic country where the person who gets the most votes doesn't necessarily win. Yeah. Only one in the world. Yeah, and we, he's, a, like, he's accommodating big money, he's accommodating religious fanatics, and he's just keeping everyone else fighting and insane. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair estimate. Divide yeah, and conquer, yeah. tribalize, you know, you know, yeah. but, you know, but the yeah. power of propaganda, like, who knew the mind was so soft? I mean, there's a lot of people that are brain fucked and they're not coming back. It's uh, fucking over, dude. It does seem that the mind, uh, is, particularly here in America, is very malleable. Wait, malleable uh, is the right word. Uh, but I, but anyway, I, I, so I worry that even if he, again, doesn't get the popular vote. Yeah. The way they all this redistricting and you know like, gerrymandering. Let's put like uh, yeah, yeah. you know a million black votes in this district, sure. so that only counts this much. Move or, it around. You know whatever yeah. it is to make sure that they don't. Well, not unlike the environment, there's a lot of work that needs to be chipped away at after you know the Republicans have been diligently, you know, reworking districts and doing everything they can to undermine the system for 30 years. Yeah. While we were sort of like you know a lot of us were kind of doing yoga and enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> eight years yeah, of Obama. You, you really have a thing against people who do yoga. I mean, oh my God, these people are just horrible. The way they don't pay attention and you're doing yoga. It's, it's important. Uh, you know, I know it's important. Did you ever meet Trump? Did you like? Did you ever do functions with yeah, him? Yeah, no, I did. I had a, a dinner with him one time because, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, governor of uh, Minnesota. Uh, at one point, uh, wrestler uh, Ventura, to, uh, uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse, Jesse Ventura. Yeah. yeah, sorry, my brain. Obviously, too, someone dude. robbed my memory bank. It's um, going. It keeps getting worse, man. And so, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think I'm helping, but I. But so <laughs> Jesse Ventura, uh, he yeah. he called me and he says I'm coming to New York because I was there. Yeah, and I'm having 
dinner with Trump. He's yeah. going to try to convince me to be his vice presidential running right. mate on the Democratic ticket yeah, for yeah. the 2004 election. This is in 2002. Yeah. So I sat through that uh, dinner. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, that was... You didn't say you, you realize the, the, you know, how a second can be fast yeah. or a second can just feel like forever, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you realize that... It was a squirmy, squirmy second. Oh, my God. I was so... It just, you know, it's... He just... It's just that he just wants to talk about himself, and Uh he does continually. And he's still... Like, I, you know, the things I read that he says, it's almost like a God complex. You know, it's a very... It's a sickness. You know, there's a sickness to it. (laughs) There's a pathological self-centeredness that's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, It's a real issue. But I've... Like, I did Conan... He was on... I was on Conan O'Brien, and he was the other guest. And I just remember... This was back in the 90s, you know, in New York. And, you know, I was the second guest. And we were both in our dressing rooms. And Frank, the segment producer, goes, you want to meet Trump? And I was like, nah, nah. (laughs) <laughs> like like even then I'm like I don't need to uh, <laughs> so what was he like to... on the show do you remember were but you he, there he was, when like, he was he on was, he was one of the you know a, a reliable clown you know back then for all of them for Stern and Conan and all the shows in New York they're like get that weird kind of like like self-centered rich guy to come be his weird self he was yeah. a clown yeah, I mean, I but I do think it's a dangerous thing to just paint him as a clown because Dude, he's not. really I, get, I know, he's I know. getting a lot done yeah, in in the wrong I'm way. Not, uh, and I don't I'm, understand. I'm saying that's what he was. You no, know, no, what I, he is now. No, I get what you're saying, yeah. but I but I'm just saying like a, a lot of my friends yeah. look at him as this clown. Yeah. And, you got to take him seriously because he's yeah, cause it's happening, he's, man. he understands business and he's doing everything. Like we say, he's a business guy working for bigger businessmen and he's doing everything. And he understands want, how so to work up morons into a fucking rabid, you know, frenzy. Oh, the, uh, the, the speeches sometimes. Oh, my Come God. Come on, man. But let's say let's not get down too far down that <laughs> yeah, rabbit no, that's hole. A, let's get out of that rabbit we, hole. We started with the satire of the media causing like that that natural born killers goes. Uh, but okay, so I guess the other question is in terms of like just the, some of the more career stuff. So in order to do natural born killers, you submerge yourself into the insanity of of those who have came before you in the mm. psychopathic killing realm. Now, right. when you did when you work with Milos, yeah. So you actually had to, you spent time with Larry Flint. He was oh, available. Oh, I spent a lot of time with him. Because. And I, and I studied him and I read everything, everything. He'd, all of the little uh, things yeah. in front of the hustlers. He'd write a little, yeah. uh, I forget, just from the editor in chief, you know, yeah. like a, and I, and, and put a lot of those little snippets from that into the script. Yeah. And, uh, well, did, know, that, did he, as a person, sort of influence the way you know you approach your life? Yes, he did. It, because he was so bold and so, he would do. He'd get arrested without thinking about it. You know, right. he was in, and I'd never. Well, I, I guess I'd been arrested prior to that, but I never thought to go do like. Then I went and climbed the Golden Gate Bridge and got arrested i knew i was going to get arrested or, or yeah. other other actions that i knew i was going to get arrested but i for, I, for but a I cause was more in yeah but i was more in the larry flint if i hadn't played that part i never would have done that i was disinclined to want to ever get 
Right. Uh, so the, the the idea of of civil disobedience being an important way to carry and convey a message at the risk of being arrested, that was just a minor liability to to making a statement that needed to be made. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that you learned that from Larry directly. Yeah, learned that from Larry. Yeah. Uh, and I still I love Larry. I think he's an incredible guy. I don't know why he doesn't just sell off all that stuff and get be done with it. But uh, he's still involved. Oh yeah. <laughs> Big time, still in it. Yeah, oh yeah, and, you know it's. Uh, but he's, you know, he's he's just a great business mind. Yeah, you know, he, yeah. he's involved. I think he has thirty-two different publications. I know there's a lot of. We've upset some Christians today, but now talking glowingly about yeah, you're gonna upset <laughs> Christians Larry and women. It's, it's one of the, really, you get a double header with him. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I I think he's an incredible guy because he's so honest and so unafraid to say exactly what he's thinking yeah i, I think no he's, matter what it is he definitely was one of those guys like you know there is a it's a different time now but i, I think that what he was fighting for in terms of uh, you know freedom of speech and and freedom of expression and what it means and what the constitution means and not to be fucked with uh you know he definitely had his time and was important you know yeah absolutely i mean i don't uh i i think all the pornography stuff is unfortunate i i i don't uh i'm not a big believer in that i think it's very detrimental both to the people doing it and to the the minds uh, the people <laughs> reading it and yeah. I, I just think it's it's uh i don't think it's great now there's some people yeah who are holed up in their house and uh-huh. they're, they're never going to meet anybody so, you know, yeah. for those it. people, I could see how it would be helpful. But <laughs> yeah, give 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 the incels <laughs> porn. Yeah. They're out in Glendale. Yeah. They, you know, they're yeah. up in the top. Yeah. No, it's like floor, I think just... if you frame it like anything else that gets you off, you know, you can go too far with it. You know. <laughs> That's true. It's yeah, true. Yeah, of course. It's... You know, it's like a yeah, it's a, you know, you're getting off on it literally. So if you're spending, let's say, upwards of three to thirty hours a week with porn, maybe maybe uh, shift to <laughs> <laughs> make some changes. But working with the uh, foreman was amazing in terms of he sounds like a pretty amazing director. That guy, he, he was incredible, man. He he just made you feel like he was like a father figure yeah. who just loved you and gave you first thing in the morning, yeah. big hug. Oh yeah, Woody, come here, yeah. big hug. You know, yeah. today we're gonna try. It doesn't matter. You do this. You do what you want. You know, like he was so <laughs> open and. And yeah. but brilliant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. boy, that guy knows how to put together a film, and and uh, you know some of my favorite films. You know, sure. Uh, and I guess it's weird when you shoot a movie, you don't you don't always know what you're going to get at the end. I mean, even if it feels good on set, you're like, I don't know, how is he going to put that together? Yeah, I, yeah, the whole thing with the. Uh, oh my God, I loved the the way Larry Flint turned out. Uh, yeah, it's you know, great. Amadeus, Cuckoo's Nest. Oh yeah, I mean. He's a master. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he's he's passed, but uh, I still I think of him all the time. Yeah. And what about those Farrelly brothers? Oh, I love those guys. That movie. That, that movie guys. is so fucking insane, dude. Oh, the Kingpin movie. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I love that movie. You know, it's, it's ironic because when I first saw the movie, and it's yeah. unfortunate. And as an actor, I yeah. think you can attest to this. Yeah. Sometimes you shouldn't see the movie with anybody else around, because the first time I saw it, yeah, I, 
I don't know. There were other people around, and uh, there were a lot of people from Fox. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just was thinking of all the shit that got cut out. <laughs> oh, and yeah? And I just said, right at the end of it, I just stood up and walked out the door. Yeah. And in a huff. Yeah. And Why, because you were mad? I was mad, and I didn't think it was good, and I didn't talk to Petey for another uh, year and a half. Oh, really? Pete Fairley. Yeah. And then- uh, then I then the, uh, my daughter. I have a thirteen-year-old, but someone gave me this wild gift, which really showed me how much shit I'd done. Which was they gave me like a, a grocery bag full for for I don't know Christmas or yeah. birthday of everything I'd done. Yeah, including well, on you know DVD like all the Cheers. Yeah, all yeah. DVDs. Yeah, back when those were relevant. Yeah. I guess. but. You know, it, it was amazing how much stuff was in there. But anyway, I threw it on the floor. I took out natural born killers and some of them. And then yeah. I said to my daughter, uh, this is a few years back, I said, you know, is there anything you want to watch? And she pointed to Kingpin. Yeah. Well, now I hadn't watched it. And Petey get, had said to me after we'd started talking again, just watch it again. Give it another chance. Yeah. And I hadn't. And uh, so she got me to watch it. This is probably like, I don't know, three years ago or something. And we, so we watched Kingpin, and I was like, damn, that's a good movie. It's so funny, <laughs> such great yeah. heart. They're yeah. great. The heart in those oh, movies and yeah. the comedy, all of their movies are yeah. just phenomenal. Well, you, that that tone of just like, you know, what else is going to happen to this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and, must be uh, a fun thing to play, just to sort of like, oh, God. Oh, you know, yeah. Just never it stops. Was, it was so fun, man. Great working with those guys. What was the other one that I was thinking about for classic moments forever is when uh, in um, No Country for Old Men where you, you know he's going to kill you. you know, oh, yeah. You're just sitting in that chair. Sitting in the chair. Yeah, I thought that was... I remember Javier was so... The stuff he was doing was just so odd. Yeah. I thought, I wonder if he's got a real handle on this. <laughs> <laughs> then I watch it later, and it's just brilliant, you know. Oh, because when you're in the room with it, you're like, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like he's got this thing, this little net keep around his hair, so he takes it off before the thing, and oh, it wow. keeps keeps his hair in a certain yeah. kind of yeah. And then he's the way he's talking is kind of very flat, monotonish, yeah. and I just like, what the hell? Yeah, because there's then, part of you thinking like, how is this going to be anything but ridiculous? Right. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if I thought ridiculous, but I didn't know if it would tonally. Anyway, right. uh, of course, you watch it later, and it's just right. utterly horrifying. Brilliant, but uh, and oh horrifying, yeah. yeah, and I watched Wilson too. I like that book. That was good too. Oh, thank you. I love that movie. Wilson. Yeah, well, I like that. I like the book. It's such a weird thing to make it. Like when, what makes you decide to do a movie like that? Like you know, because it seems like you can do whatever you want, and you do huge movies. I mean, Christ, The Hunger Games. Like, I mean, so a little movie comes in. Is that something you do for fun or you want to help or you think it's a good well, script? Well, you know, it's interesting. I've gotten so many films that I got to say, you know, these films I know for a fact no one's going to see. <laughs> you know, like I can read it and be just utterly certain no yeah. one will see this movie. Right. And, uh, you know, like I, I, I could sit here and list off a bunch of them. But, yeah. but then there's a part of me that says it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like it's important to do what you think could end up being a great movie. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought Wilson turned out amazing. I loved the. It's so such a interesting, quirky, you know, yeah. comedy. 
but of course, nobody saw that. And you know, it depends on the distribution. Which at the sure. time, Fox Fox Two Thousand didn't feel like. Uh, Shall we say revving up the engines right. for that one? <laughs> no, they just sort of slipped it out there and see what it'd do it on its own. Well, I got even. Fox 2000's gone. No, I shouldn't have said that. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, you were in that, like, out of the, <laughs> that Out of the Furnace movie. Sorry, right. I'm just being that oh, kind yeah. of interviewer. Yeah, Out of the Furnace. <laughs> Can I go like, because I remember that's the boxing, weird uh, hillbilly boxing movie. Is that what that one was? Yeah, that was a wild movie. Well, I met that guy, Scott Cooper, on a plane. Yes, you know? that guy is amazing. He amazing is, isn't he? Amazing director. Yeah, just, and you know, he's an actor. He's like you. He has, yeah. He's a renaissance man. Yeah, he does a lot and, of shit. And uh, he is, that, that guy is, he's one of those guys who just, no matter what's going on, he will... Forged, he'll push through, and he will make this thing great. I, yeah. He hasn't done anything but great. I think uh, that's true. I think he does it. Well. Yeah. He, he definitely has a style, and he definitely takes chances. And you, you know, it feels like like old one of those seventies dudes. Yeah, you know, like yeah, we're exactly. gonna fucking make this that's, movie no matter what. Yeah, he. Get... In fact, I know I came and visited him. He was in San Fe, and he was doing the movie. Uh, Starts with the H. Uh, hostages or ho- hostiles? Hostiles. Yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. to say hostages. Yeah, yeah, hostiles. I like that movie. And, yeah, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, but, but he had this. They were right in the season. Yeah, and the every, when there'd be a lightning strike from the time of the lightning strike, thirty minutes before they could do anything. Yeah, right. If there was a lightning strike, right. And then, you know, they'd maybe get 10 minutes after that, boom, another lightning strike. Got to wait 30. Stop another 30. And, and they're out on the planes and he, or whatever? And out on the planes yeah. up there above Santa Fe. Yeah. And I mean, I know he was having such a hard time, but yeah. he made that movie and it's amazing. Yeah. And then this, what was three billboards? Was that something you thought was going to be like that or no? Or did you know that was going to be a big deal? Well, I, I had no way to know, but... Uh, Martin McDonough is someone, no matter what he asks me to do ever, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. And uh, in fact, so years before, so I became kind of obsessed with, I started reading these uh, uh, Irish playwrights, which yeah. he's kind of English, but he's really Irish, Irish heritage. And yeah. anyway, I read all of his plays and then I, I went to Dublin, and then I, I I got a hold of him, and I said, I'd love to meet you. And so he came over from London, and anyway, we had the best time, and, yeah. and we've been friends ever since. And so then later I was in London doing a play, and I like to think I kind of influenced him to work with the guy I was working with doing that play. It was John Crowley, who's an incredible director. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know, know of no. him. Uh, uh, theater director? Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. theater, but uh, then uh, has done movies now. So he worked with him on the, his next play, which was The Pillow Man. Yeah. And he asked me to do the part in there that I... Uh, Billy Crudup ended up doing it, but I just, I read The Pillow Man. I said, well, the darkness has finally overcome the light. He, he always has this incredible balance in yeah. his plays. And, yeah. And then, so I didn't do it. Then yeah. I went and saw it later, and I was like, masterpiece. One of the greatest things I've ever seen on yeah. stage. You know, after that, I was like, anything you ever want me to do, I'm in. So I didn't know with the three billboards how... 
And then, you know, when I saw it, I, I just happened to be in London and I got a text from him. He says, hey, I just did it, you know, uh, it's not finished, but do you want to come up? And I, so I found my way there and uh, it was, I just saw it on a little screen, a little computer screen. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. I thought it was just mind blowing how good it was. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, finally Martin McDonough is like the third Cohen brother. Like, yeah. He is so great now. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and great cast working with Sam was good. Yeah. And, uh, oh, great. Yeah. Love Sam. Love Yeah, working. yeah, yeah. Have you ever worked with him? We're working together on an animated thing now. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, I, great. I, mean, I, I can't talk about it. I just realized. Oh, <laughs> but, that's good. Well, I'll ask it, him then. But Yeah, it just started. You know, we, did, we just did a day where we were kind of working off each other. Like I play, uh, we're, we're like best pals. Uh -huh. and, and it's an animated oh, trip. That's good. He's a sweet guy. You know, he's a real, he's yeah. a real generous actor guy. He's a sweetheart. And McDormand Francis shit. is like, yeah. that's intense. She's amazing. I mean, you seem to be like, there seems to be a theme in some of these characters where you're just sort of like this, uh, you know. <laughs> Like life is kind of weighed down. Weighed, on weighs you. down on you. Yeah, yeah. Like even in that in the True Detective, that was fucking great. Did oh, you love doing thanks. that? Um, I didn't love doing it as much as I loved it when I saw it. Right. Because right, at the time it was insanely long hours. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into movie star blues and right, right, sure. Be flat minor yeah, yeah. or anything, but uh, I will say. Uh, and also, Matthew was pissing me off because he was always in character and he would do shit that I just, I wanted to hit him. He knows this, so I don't care if he hears this. Yeah. He, he knows this. Yeah. But, uh, and, and it was just him being in character, being in that, that character. And, uh, and, but then, you know, ultimately when I saw it, yeah, I was super sad. Well, how often does it. that happen when you work with people? Because you're not a like stay in character all the time guy. No, no, I don't. I don't yeah, do that. Yeah. I, I, as soon as the take's done, I'm like, just let's tell jokes yeah, and have, fuck around. Have some food. Uh, <laughs> have some food. Uh, but you know, I take it seriously. I just don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily feel like I need to just if, stay. If you in need there. to. You know, if you don't need to do that, you don't need to do that. And when in the the Highwayman, I thought was sort of an interesting movie because that's another movie where you're like, oh, here we. Yeah. We gotta, <laughs> gotta go to work again. Gotta go do this. And it, uh, but but what about? Uh, like when you work with someone like Cosner, is that like comfortable? Yeah, actually, uh, you know, he's he's a real professional. I mean, he told me when I'm not working, he says I think about this like 15 hours a day. Really? And and uh, whatever he's working, whatever uh, movie's coming even up. When he's working, and, uh, I mean, he's just thinking about. It, and I thought, well, now that's obviously quite an exaggeration for effect. And then I realize as I'm working with him, he does think about it all the time like he really the role it just well just the whole thing uh -huh. you know like how yeah. the scene will play out or what yeah. should be the prop in this or or you know does that make sense here you know what i mean right, like he's right. just constantly thinking about it. so he was a real professional i liked working with him uh and and you know what was cool about that yeah. was you know how netflix doesn't necessarily reveal how many people see things yeah. but they did let us know that in the first month 40 million households saw that really in one month so they say no one ever watches alone so that's at least two people so that's Gee. 80 million people in a month yeah like 
more than almost everything I've done combined. You know huh. what I mean? I, well, that's, that's crazy. an exaggeration, but yeah. it, it really was. Right. Oh, my God. You know, and, and now I don't want to be one of these guys who, uh, you know, like I I understand this concept of the death of cinema. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. I, I think that it could very well be, certainly things have shifted yeah. markedly because of Amazon and, and Netflix. But on the other hand, I don't know if that's the way things are going. Uh, you, you know, we got to figure out how to get on. But we don't. We don't ever want there not to be a time where people go to the cinema. Sure, go to the know? movies. Yeah, I went to the movies last night. But, oh, what'd you go to see? The uh, Breaking Bad movie, the new one with uh, Aaron Paul. You're uh, kidding? Uh, yeah, El Camino. They did, a, uh, they did a premiere last night of Breaking Bad. Of uh, it's called El Camino. And it's more following his character. It's, it's right after. It's it picks uh, up right when Aaron Paul is driving okay. away. Oh, I have to see that immediately. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Oh, great, great. Yeah, it's going to be on Netflix on Friday. Oh, it's a Netflix movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you'll but you be saw to... it at the cinema. Yeah, yeah. Saw it at that one in Westwood. Yeah. You know the what is it? The Rialto, that old one. Right. Right. Yeah. That, oh, that's right. a nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were all there. It's not. I get excited when I see the celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> they get excited when they see you too. Man. <laughs> yeah, they do sometimes. Yeah. I, I like person. Glow, by the way. Thank you very I love much. Glow. It's yeah. fun, right? Wild oh, world. So good. Really, yeah. they do it really well. Really, really cool. But uh. I will say I love this though. I love that you still do this out of your house. Here Thank you, at Glendale. I'm glad you Very came by. Cool. I think we did good. It's great talking with you, good man. Good talking to you. Good luck yeah. with everything and have fun I, in Hawaii, man. I think. Do you ever get the feeling like? Do you, it, I mean, I, I'm a little neurotic, but do you ever like ever kind of uh, get freaked out that you're in the middle of the ocean? Just on an island. <laughs> it's not like I'm just floating I out there, <laughs> little floating. No, I know, but like, like I've had moments on Kauai where I'm like, we're far away, man, and it's a little island, <laughs> and if the water no, comes up, we're fucked. Oh yeah. well, yeah, you worry sometimes about that, but honestly, I worry more being on the mainland. It's yeah. like uh, we yeah. look at like someone said to my wife one time or are you looking forward to getting back to the real world and she was like oh no this is the real world because nice. we really feel like in in maui that's how life should be i think you know? that's true it's it's gotten a little scary you it's put on your scary. swim trunks you go yeah. pick a fruit off the tree yeah. and then you head down to the water i mean that's, that's how life should be god damn it i think you're right all right i'll meet <laughs> you down there <laughs> okay mark great <laughs> Thanks, talking buddy. to you, you too man. Okay, Woody Harrelson, Zombieland Double Tap, in theaters tomorrow, Friday, October 18th. Uh, yeah, go to WTFPod.com for tickets to the Nashville show or the Atlanta show or the Masonic in San Francisco and all other things. You can go to the merch, too, and get stuff. Okay, I've hooked up an, a new box. It's not a new box. It's an old box. It's kind of a repeater thing. I'm kind of digging around in the boxes. Oh, you guys, enjoy. Here's some three chords.
lives.